everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. Today is April 3rd. Let's see what's going on. First of all, before I get into this, what I wanted to address last week, I posted on Facebook page, which of course, please, please, if you don't keep up with my Facebook information, please do so. Pretty much a lot of the stuff that I talk about on the podcast, I usually post information or my views on my Facebook page, which is There's a System to This Madness on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I usually post all of my um, ideals, views, and everything like that, which um, has led me to this discussion off the top of my head. Because last week I posted on Facebook about the uh, $86 million that was being allocated for hotels for migrants coming across the U.S. border. And I used this concept of making an effort towards homeless veterans. For some reason, this made people, pretty much mostly Democrat individuals, lose their fucking minds. Um, And when I say the Democrats, there are other groups that I post my views and ideals on um, a lot of, I guess, ethnic groups, uh, political groups, pretty much um, I'm a part of both groups. However, I get the loudest outcry from Democrats. And, you know, it's just, first of all, I don't think people even read the whole post. Now, when I do things on, you know, the podcast, of course, I'm expressing it verbally and I'm explaining everything in the detail. But it's like when you post something, a lot of people just simply see the first line and right then and there, they just start making comments. And half the time you're like, but did you read the whole thing that I post? And, uh, And most times they don't even let you even get to the bottom without them just losing their shit. But pretty much, let me reiterate and give clarity. Because normally, as a rule, I normally, after a certain amount of days, when I start hearing negative feedback, and it's the same negative feedback, a lot of times, I just let it go. I'm like, okay, this, this ship has sunk. But it's just something about that that post that just I don't know what it is so pretty much let me let me express and I guess try to give some clarity to those individuals I never said that the money that was being allocated for the hotels and the various resources should be taken away from the migrants. What I was saying was that the efforts that was being made 
for the migrants in comparison to veterans, particularly combat veterans that are homeless. I just feel that 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 $86 million, and I know a lot of people kept saying, well, the VA gets three times, four times as much. But what I'm trying to reiterate to people is, first of all, there are still at least a great number of homeless veterans out on the street. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just getting some of the feedback. Some of the feedback was like the VA got money. There are programs for these veterans. You know, some of these dumbasses were even saying things like some of these veterans just don't know how to get to some of these programs. I'm like, yeah, you fucking right, because a lot of them have post-traumatic stress disorder or other mental issues going on with them that they don't have the right mindset to even find these type of programs. So this is what I was saying. The effort that was being made to allocate and make sure that this $86 million was being properly used to make hotels for migrants that are coming to the U.S. I'm saying, why can't the same efforts for the veterans be made so that homeless veterans can get these monies? Why can't individuals be, I guess, commissioned from the VA to go out to homeless shelters and actually ask homeless facilitators, homeless shelter facilitators to actually say, do you have people among your population that are veterans? If so, give us their names so we can meet with them and then have those individuals come with us so that we can officially provide proper information to these individuals. This is what I'm saying. The same effort in regards to making sure that the migrant individuals are being cared for, taken care of. Why can't this be done for United States veterans? I even went as far as to say an individual that has fought for this nation should not, should not be homeless. There's no reason that a person that have fought for this country should not be homeless. And I also went as far as to say that these individuals should not pay rent. These individuals should not pay utilities. These individuals should receive some type of food, I guess, I guess food stamps. And also these individuals should get mental health and physical health taken care of. This is what I was saying. For some reason, people thought that I was saying that the money should not go to the migrants and the money should be given to the homeless veterans. I understand that the VA gets money. However, if you just throwing money at the VA and the VA is not properly authorizing the money, it don't mean shit because a homeless veteran is a homeless veteran. 
I know this because I work out there. I know where the homeless population is at. And when I take the time and I come across a veteran and I tell them about programs, this is the, the extent of my, my leash because I'm not affiliated with the VA. All I can do is tell them that I am a veteran. These are the programs that even myself, as a working individual, that I receive, that I am entitled to, and I try to share with them, these are the type of programs that they are entitled to. I've even gone to the VA and requested, hey, there's a certain population in the metro Atlanta area where if you go, you will find a number of individuals that have served this country, however, do not have the mental capabilities, mental ability, physical abilities to make their way to the VA hospital so that they can get checked out, get into programs that can help them find resources so that they can combat this homeless situation. This is what I was trying to say to these groups, these Democrat groups, because another thing that when I made the statement about the $86 million, I started this statement off by one of the things that I am disappointed in the Biden administration. And once I said that shit, you motherfuckers lost your mind because you took it as he is speaking out against the Democrat. He's on a Democrat site and he's speaking out against Democrat. I've had people with after this post, after this, this post, I've had individuals actually say that I'm an actual paid informant. I've had individuals to say, get your fucking facts together. I mean, the blatant, the blatant things that were said over this one statement because I simply disagreed with the effort, the effort that was being made in regards to getting resources and funding to help individuals that have served this country. That's all it was. In fact, while we on that, another thing that I pretty much got my ass chewed out by Democrats is we're talking about the Republican situation where the the um, Georgia stripped away so-called voting rights. Again, I made the statement, the problem with Democrats when it comes to combating Republicans is that the Democrats are too damn sensitive. Every time you try to address a solution that even has any slight siding of a Republican issue, the first thing that Democrats will try to do, they'll try to set you on fire with this shit. Yes, I am aware that the state of Georgia stripped away certain comforts and essentials of, I guess, what you can and can't do in regards to the area of voting. But what I don't like is when I'm hearing people say that the Republicans took away your right to vote. That did not happen. 
What the Republicans did was they made it less comfortable and less convenient for individuals to vote. Am I saying that this was right? Fuck no, I'm not saying that is right. But at the same time, do not tell me because somebody cannot give you a bottle of water. This should stop you from voting. While Democrats are crying over this shit, you need to start focusing on how you're going to combat these measures. The problem with Democrats is that they sent two individuals to Washington and they started celebrating that they changed Georgia to blue, which is a lie. Georgia is no bluer, no more bluer than grass on the ground. However, what Republicans did, they immediately started working on plans to make sure that this do not happen again. While the dumbass Democrats are out here celebrating, the, the Republicans are like, okay, yeah, they, they, they got us on this one. But God damn it, they ain't going to get us no more. And the other states, they started doing this. So the states that have Republican in charge, they started at the state level. Because see, another thing about you here, Democrats, which this shit, this shit burns me up. Whenever you tell Democrats, particularly black people, I know I'll probably catch some flack over that, but one of the things I constantly hear black people state, I don't vote on the local election. I don't vote in the local election. I don't participate in that. I don't get involved in that. Or, it, or as some people will actually say, I don't get in the small elections. They do not realize it's the small elections, the school boards, the city councilmen, the state senate, the state reps. That's Those are the ones that change these laws. These are the ones that enforce State Bill 202. These are the ones that stripped away your conveniences. It wasn't nobody in Washington. It wasn't nobody in the White House. This was done on the state level. On the state level. And see, if you don't get a clue as to how politics really work, everything that you've gained so far, because the people don't understand, the Democrats control the Senate simply because the president is Democrat. It's a 50-50 tie. It's just that they gain control because the Democrats control the White House and the tiebreaker goes or is made by the vice president, which she is a Democrat. However, everybody know there are at least two conservative Democrats that every time a vote comes up, the Democrats have to kiss their ass so they can go. And it's, it's not about whether or not these two individuals are going to side with the Republican. The issue is that every time a full measure comes out that the Democrats want to implement, these two particular Democrats can say, no, I don't want this or it should have that. Or and if you don't do it, I'm not going to vote in this direction. What and see what you got. 
you got the midterms coming up, so the Democrats can easily lose one seat. That's all it takes. One seat. And they're done. But if the Democrats can get themselves rolling and moving in the right directions and gain possibly two more seats, and it's not even just the Senate, it's the House. The, the difference between Republican and Democrats is slim. They could easily win back everything. This is the same shit that Barack Obama went through. He had the Senate. He had the House. And they did nothing. They did nothing his first two years. At least with Joe Biden, he's got them galvanized. He's got them moving. For Barack Obama, they did nothing. And they did nothing because contrary to what people think, the Senate and the House back then was not sure how to respond to him, was not sure how their constituents was going to interact or even accept them siding with Barack Obama. And sure enough, it cost them, it cost them the House and the Senate. And it took them years to get back to this, de really over almost a, de every, a, a decade, it was a decade, for them to get back into this position. Joe Biden learned the lesson. He was there. He learned that lesson and he's moving. Everything he's putting in place is setting it up so that this country can rebound. He got the stimulus package. Now he's got a job package. These things right here, and he's going to pay for it by raising the tax rates on the rich, the rich being anybody that makes over $400,000 going to pay more taxes. Okay. And I mean, I'm not just saying that because I'm not in that category. I plan on being in that category one day. And my thing is, once I reach that category, if it means I got to pay the foot, the bill for things that's going to pro promote the betterment of this country, so be it. And I mean, and I mean that from my heart. But the thing is, it's just amazing how when you try to say, hey, this, this is not going in this direction. We as a party need to structure this. It's like you can't criticize. Just like right now, there's no way, there's no way in the state of Georgia where with the amount of individuals in this state that are progressive, should the state level, the governor, the state house, none of these should be controlled by the Republican Party. And I know this because when I moved here 26 years ago, Democrats controlled everything. When I say Democrats controlled it. They controlled Georgia. Not only just the Senate, the governor, the state house. Yeah, there were still counties that were those some counties you're not going to change. But Democrats still control all of the major legislation in the house. And then after I want to say after 9/11 Everything flipped upside down. 
everything changed and it never it never went back to the way it was now everybody you're so desperate and you're so giddy that you sent two democrats to washington in the form of the u.s senate now you're celebrating sitting here saying things like georgia's blue people forget you just had the last governor election where this motherfucker refused to step down when he was secretary of state and Stacey Abrams, people forget Stacey Abrams lost by a small margin. Now, the thing is, yeah, there were questions of whether Brian Kemp suppressed votes. Yes, he did. The question still remained with the votes that he suppressed. Would that have made a difference in Stacey Abrams becoming governor? Personally, I don't think so. I believe that if the motherfuckers that are eligible to vote got off their ass and went to the polls and voted, that would have won the election for Stacey Abrams. And the irony is that Brian Kemp, who was secretary of state, used his position to help solidify him becoming governor, signed off on the bill that stripped the powers of the Secretary of State. That shows you how that that shows you how desperate these motherfuckers are cuz that's what it is. It's desperation. They will do anything and everything to keep these positions. And people fail to realize they do not understand what's at stake. They do not understand and and What's the best way to put it? Money. Money. People do not understand how much money an individual Republican, let's say, is losing right now. Let's, let's, let's just play a hypothetical situation. Okay. You are the majority leader of the House, of the Senate, everywhere, state level, whatever. Okay. Lobbyists are allocated a certain amount of money like a let's say a corporation is allocated allocates a certain amount of money that they utilize for swaying individuals to either kill or support their causes so let's say you are you're the majority leader you're a republican you are given, let's say on an average, uh, it might give you $10,000 each month. Somebody just say, we're going to give, we got, we got in our budget for X number of dollars that we can give these Republicans that are going to vote for our cause. And we're going to give them a piece, $10,000, because we know that these individuals are going to do our bid. Okay, now they lost the majority. So now they are a minority. So that that business is like, why the fuck I'm going to pay them? I don't need them. If anything, I need to focus on the Democrat. They probably was giving money to the Democrats, but it might have been maybe 
$1,000, maybe $2,000, just really to make it look good. Because they figure either way, whoever's in charge, it could be a win-win situation. Yeah, the one group of people might be able to focus on 70, 80% of the issues that are detrimental to their business. But even the other group that may focus on 30% still with some enticements, they could probably get up to maybe 40%. So that's still, that's an increase. The thing is that Republican group that was getting that $10,000 is now their cut is, is short. Instead of getting $10,000, they might only get now maybe two or $3,000. And the only reason that lobbyist group is giving them that money is because probably rewarding them for past services. Also, still keeping them on the leash because you never know because, you know, you got the midterms. I guarantee they probably still getting a good chunk right now because midterms. The whole thing is that if they can get it back, you know, we back, we back in business. But let's say if the Democrats maintain the House or better yet, let's say the Democrats actually increase more seats. They solidify their power. You best believe them lobbyists are going to be like, OK, we can't use y'all. We got to take all this resource, this allocated budget that we got. We got to focus on these Democrats to make sure that we may get a slimmer representation from them, but we want to make sure that it's solid. And even that takes money. And that's what that's what they're going to focus on. So the Republicans are going to like, OK, we can't shit. I'm, I'm you know, think about it. Money's money. Budget is a budget. Some Republican is like, I'm expecting $10,000 a month from company ABC. That's in their household budget. That money, that might be their money for their kids' private school. That might be their money for whatever they do. Now, all of a sudden, because they not the majority anymore, that $10,000 might be down to two or $3,000 a month. And if they even lose further, hell, it could go from a thousand. I mean, technically it can go to zero. I guess it would depend on the, you know, the tenure or the, the, the I guess the position of the committees that they're on. I mean, you look at, you look at representative green, the, um, House representative that basically they stripped her of her powers. Now, I'm sure there was some lobbyist group that was pretty much greasing her palm, giving her some money because, you know, even though she came in, in the House and they were a minority, she still was on a committee and that committee still had some type of influence where she could actually express her views and ideals on the behalf of some type of lobbyist and her constituents. Now they stripped her of everything 
She shit, she can't bust a grape. So I couldn't even imagine a lobbyist group saying, you know, why, why, why would they even give her any money? Why would they even acknowledge her? I mean, she's, she really is a lame duck representative and she's only three months into her, her term. Her, her constituents, they're not getting nothing. They are not getting nothing because this dumbass just just she just kept poking the bear, running her mouth, running her mouth. They knew they knew about her past. They knew about the videos. They knew about what she was doing. But she she thought she was she thought she was untouchable because, see, this was another individual that did not understand politics. Her constituents sent an ignorant ass person that did not understand exactly what could be done to her. And she's sitting there bragging about it, and they showed her. They're like, okay, you think you can fuck with us? Okay. You, we can't vote you out. We can't put you out based on this, you know, this type of stuff. No, we can't put you out, but we damn sure can strip you of your authority. And that's what they did. That's, a, that's, 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 that's what they did. And, you know, it's also, you know, and I know I'm still on this me versus the Democrats again, but, you know, it's just something about the Democrats are focusing on stuff like, you know, not being able to get water at voting sites. And you focus on that, but you're not even focusing on how the Republicans on the state level took the power away from the secretary of state and took that power and then put that power in the authority into the Republicans on the state level. So that means that if we were to turn back the hands of time where Donald Trump was requesting for the secretary of, the secretary of state to find 11,000 something votes or do for him to not declare Georgia the winner. If the Republican state representatives was in charge, there's a possibility that Georgia would have found 11,000 votes on the behalf of Donald Trump. This, this is what they have done. My thing is this, if not getting a bottle of water will cause you to leave the line, then we got a problem. We got a major problem. You know, I stated, I, I think I stated last week when I used to be involved with the NAACP. And I remember on election day, we would check the weather and they'd be like, you know, there's 50, 60, 70 chance percent of rain or the temperature's gonna be freezing. And we used to be like, oh my God, it's, you know, this, this could be, this could be drastic because it's things like that we have to worry about. White people, you don't have to worry about that because they're going to vote no matter what. First of all, they're going to vote. Also, the facilities, 
the venues that they have. I never understood why black communities, black counties, predominantly black counties, and I and I guess it's it's the representation, the county commissioners, the city councilmen, the people that are voted in that probably is not heavy, a heavy populated voting turnout. They get, in my opinion, they get poor representation. You know, you you got to vote in a piggly wiggly or the voting lines extend outdoors because the ratio of the voting machine versus the number of people are inadequate. Or for some reason, the voting machines that you got are fucked up from the start. Whereas, you know, there are other areas where people vote in churches, where it's more spacious, or the ratio for every number of individuals, there's way more than enough voting machines. So pretty much, they pretty much, they in and out. I mean, you, you can see it and you're thinking, why is that? And see, people want to say it's, it's racism, but they want to say it's racism based on something that's being done by the state. And it's bullshit. It's being done by your county representatives because black people don't take the time to question their representation, their representatives and the authority and the quality of services that they're getting. This don't have nothing to do with the state. This has to do with the constituents. And see, when people sit there and want to focus on not being able to get water, not being able to do voting on Sunday so they can't do souls to the polls and all this type of stuff, this... This, this is a major issue. This is something that you, can't, you cannot allow for individuals to have you feeling that they can just strip things like limited uh, voting boxes or saying things like you got to have an ID to vote when you should have an ID. There's no reason why anybody over the age of 18 walking around the streets do not have some type of ID on them or somebody not providing you with sandwiches and water. You know, if you know that you're gonna, if you know you're gonna vote, why can't you put a sandwich? Why can't you put a bottle of water in your bag and bring it yourself. Why is it that somebody always got to take care of you? Why can't you? Yeah, these things, don't get me wrong, from a humane point of view, these things are some beautiful gestures. But what you fail to realize, it do not have to be done. It does not have to be given to you. Nobody don't owe you a drop of water. Nobody owes you not one ham sandwich. Nobody owes you this. Yes, to me, voting in this country should be 
It should be done on on the Internet. You should be able to vote just as easy as you can go on Facebook and cast a vote. You should be able to vote as easy as sending cash through cash app. All, I mean, voting should be done weeks in advance. Any type of format, it would be totally different. You would see true democracy if voting was done from these point of view. But what you fail to realize, if it was done this easy, not another Republican would ever win or hold any type of office. And that's a fact. And see, the thing is, they know this. All it takes is for all Democratic-minded individuals to actually say, I'm going to get off my ass and I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote on my school board. I'm going to vote on my county commissioner. I'm going to vote for the mayors of these cities. And I'm going to work my way up. through. And I'm talking about through. Yeah, there, there are some states that are red states. And... And I'm and I ain't, I'm not even talking about these southern states, Mississippi, Alabama, place like that. If everybody was to vote in these states, they would be Democrats. A red state would probably be like the states on the Canadian, but them states up there on the Canadian border, the North and the South Dakotas and the Idaho's and all them bullshit places where basically only white folks live at. But as a country. As a country as a whole, Republicans would not ever control shit. And they know it. That's why they're taking these drastic measures to carve up states, to make it so that they actually are making every. That's why when you got these, you got these Republicans you never heard. This like the, the this motherfucker that was just accused of having sex with a 17-year-old girl. Who heard of him before? He never heard of this guy before. But I guarantee if you look at his district, they've been sending people like that, no-name people. He hadn't done nothing in the time that he'd been in office. And they don't care. They don't care because more than likely the area that he's from is probably affluent. So he's probably with a bunch of rich people and as long as he's casting his vote to continue to keep their taxes low, they're going to keep sending them. He's one of those individuals that he was doing everything that they wanted him to do. And what's going to happen? Eventually, he's going to resign because he's he's a nobody. He's going to resign. And they got another person, another nobody waiting in the wings and they go, he's going to take his place. Somebody that you have never that you never heard of before. Let's change the subject. Um, of course, you know, the George Floyd case is, you know, in full in full stride. Uh, pretty much. Um, I watched some of it. And. And I, I watched the I watched the opening. It's it's amazing to watch 
the attorneys for um uh I never could say the name uh the officer I guess Chavin. It's it's amazing how you, you I'm trying to think how do you look at that video and and I, I know there there's money involved because they they're getting paid but it's like how do you even set up a foundation a platform to defend this person somewhere in a room i'm sure they have told chavin that dude we're gonna lose we just trying to make sure maybe we can possibly get the third degree charges instead of the second degree charges but make no mistake, we're going to lose. So be prepared. You know, you, you're not going back home. Make no mistake about that. You are not going back home. But the thing is, let me, let me say this. And I'm speaking now as a clinician. For those of you that are watching this trial... And that's and it's good that, you know, some of you can you can, I guess, stomach it. But you got to be careful of your mental health. One of the things that I saw was when um, Mr. Charles McMillan. Uh, this was a gentleman that pretty much. When he took the witness stand. And he broke down. Because he. He basically saw it from really from start to finish. There were another there was another young lady, I think 17 year old. She was walking with her uh, nine year old cousin. And again, pretty much. Just they these people are breaking down on this stand on the stand because the mindset is that they saw it. They saw this police officer stand on this man's neck. And if you look at even the position where he stood, he was standing on his neck and put his hands in his pocket, which which basically was indicating that his full weight. That means he wasn't using anything to brace or stabilize his weight. He was putting his full weight on this man's neck and the man is begging and crying. The man soiled, the man, George Floyd, soiled himself. And this police officer, he just looked, he looked dead into the camp like, I don't give a damn. It was as if he was standing on the neck of a dog. He did not care. And the people gathered around they're looking because when they now, now they're taking a stand and they got this remorse. They got this regret that they should have done something. You know, I that's that's a tough one because you versus the police. Uh, I, I never seen a positive outcome from that. You know, you know, it's. When you hear people say, I should have done something. I should have, I should have ran over. 
I think even a 17-year-old young lady said, I should have done something. I should have I should have tried to push him off. Now, you know, you know, bless her heart. She shouldn't have done that. There was nothing that the only people that could have stopped that police officer from standing on that man's neck is other police officers. And they didn't. They, in fact, three of them, three more police officers, they held them down. But when you see these people tell this story of actually watching this man die before their eyes, that's trauma. That's trauma. And when you at home are watching these people on the stand that are breaking down and they're playing the 911 calls. You can hear their voices in the background of the videos, hollering and screaming, and you getting a real sense of how this event took place in front of these people. Because most, you know, we see the video, you don't see the people really behind the video. You got some people that were, you know, got that was taking a video and another person might have been like, you know, hey, what are you doing? Or the the cam the cameras on the police officers. You know, some of this stuff is actually being exposed that, you know, they even showed George Floyd in the store that called the police on him. But it's just it's just so amazing how that man just sat on George Floyd's neck. And, you know, this is this is another thing. This murder trial, it's not about the conviction or even the possibility of his acquittal. The big picture is that Derek Chauvin, he had no remorse when he literally choked the life out of another human being. Some and, and I hate to admit it, there are police agencies, police officers that will they and they probably won't say it on record, but they do not feel he did anything wrong. Even the lawyer is trying to even sell the point that this was his training. This lawyer, the lawyer is trying to say that he was in danger. The lawyer is trying to say that George Floyd died because of his past drug usage. They're trying everything but the fact that a man, a grown man stood on the neck of another grown man. I mean, this is some wild shit. But like I said, I would be remiss to tell people that be careful watching this stuff because I guarantee after this is over, whether he's acquitted or he's convicted, there's going to be a number of post-traumatic stress disorders, cases that are going to come up after after this um, trial is over. I guarantee the jurors, the people in the courtroom, the lawyers, even for Derek Chauvin, I guarantee a number of people after this is over are going to have to seek some type of counseling. In fact, I would even go as far as to say the state of Minnesota should make it mandatory 
that those individuals should receive some type of psychiatric evaluation after after all this is over because they would be doing because there's no way i mean you would you would have to not be human to be able to see this and endure this and not be affected it's it's virtually impossible well other than that we're gonna wrap it up again if you like what i said please like my like the podcast subscribe to the podcast please give the support you can follow me on facebook you can follow me on instagram you can follow me on twitter please like i said look out for statements that i make a lot of the stuff that i state in the podcast i post on my social media pages but like i said um show your love for what you feel or um give me your comments give me your um disagreements give me your dislikes i have no fear of critiques in fact you know i would love to hear it. so i want because i want to improve maybe i'm missing something like i said you know when i made the comment about the 86 million for the hotels for migrants like i said i was basically saying i just wish that veterans had this type of i guess priority when it comes to getting help this is all i said or democrats need to focus more on not being able to get water when they're standing in voting lines that's that's what that's what i'm trying to say that's all i'm trying to say but then until then god bless take care stay safe all right guys thanks for listening to there's a system to this madness podcast if you like what you heard and you want to hear more be sure to like and subscribe to continue the discussion that we had today make sure to check out our facebook page see y'all next week